everyone, this is Dr. Alex Avila with Love University, and we're back. I'm an author, psychologist, and speaker. Every week, we talk about how to love ourselves, others, and a higher nature, how to improve our finances, career, health, relationships, and spirituality. And I have a very lovely guest today. This is Kara Menzel, writer and teacher, magna cum laude graduate with a BA in psychology, and a master's in elementary education with an emphasis on child literacy. She is nationally board-certified reading teacher and the sister of the famed Broadway singer, Indina, who sang Let It Go from Frozen. She's the author of Voice Lessons, A Sister Story, which is a Goodreads Choice Award winner, and the co-author with her sister of some children's books, Loud Mouse, Proud Mouse, Inspirational Children's Books. She also has a Border Collie and a Maltipoo, I think is on her lap right now, if I'm not mistaken, and just she just moved to California. They don't both fit on my lap. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, they both fit on your lap or they don't? No, they, they don't. So oh, just okay. So you have to, uh, okay. Well, oh, cute. Wow. Wow. She's a, a boy or girl? She's a girl. She's a okay. diva. Uh, okay. Another girl. So you got a lot of these sisters in the in the thing. Welcome to the show, Kara. It's good to see you again. We ran into each other at the Ellie Times Book Festival, and I'm happy to have you here. Now, Thanks. you have a very interesting story, and um, also the books you've written. But I, I knew a woman, she had a, a daughter. And she was an only child. And uh, her mother wanted to take her to see Frozen, the movie, but the, she didn't want to. She would cry all the time. And finally, she admitted, Mom, it's because I don't have a sister. And the movie, I guess, is about sisters. And in your book, which is really fascinating, this one here, The, the Sisters, uh, Voice Lessons, uh, you talk about going to the Academy Award, the Oscars, with your sister when she was nominated for the best song. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was like a very exciting moment in your life, uh, and also hers. And you said that um, for some reason, you kind of wish you were closer to her in certain ways. Uh, and even though she's there for you all the time, you kind of want her to call you in different ways. Tell us a little bit about that, your relationship with her. Um, well, I should say that now I now that I, I've moved to L.A., that I have an uh, empty nest. So a lot of time has passed since that, <laughs> since uh, that story, but I will, I will revisit that. But we do have that time now. We get to okay. nap together, and I'm so close that I can swing by with sugar. It's just unfortunate that she doesn't bake, so she doesn't need any. Oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah. it's more of a, a distance but, thing because you were far, far apart before. You couldn't. You see. know, it, it's a lot of things. You know, when you're when you're sisters, you you share. You have a common experience that you share, but then you're also all those common experiences of childhood are from your own perspective. So it's they're only as common as your perception can be, right? Um, so I think a lot of what I've learned about my relationship with my sister is that um, there's this dynamic for me that evolved in childhood that was about um, it being it being safe to be needed, uh, not needed, but needy. So I was let me let me try this again. There, the dynamic between us was that she's always there if I need her. She's my protector. She would do anything for Your me. Older sister. Yes, because she's the big sister. But I didn't want to have to need her to to have a relationship with her, right? I wanted it to be on yes. equal footing. Right. Um, and so there was some sort of repatterning to do and and stuff like that, which I think. You know, in our family of origin stuff, there's always these roles that we start to migrate to unknowingly. Um, and when we become more aware of of those roles that we're we're sort of falling into um, in our adulthood, we can 
we can repattern and reshape things and have a different kind of relationship. And fortunately, um, we had a really special relationship when we were young, uh, but it has evolved and changed with awareness. And now we have a, um, a really special one as adults. Yeah, it's very beautiful. And the idea that as a younger sister, and then she's the older sister, and she has this amazing talent. And uh, I think uh, you guys are at the Academy Awards or Oscars, and then you were walking a little bit behind her. And she, I guess she didn't like that. And she says that you're actually her hero and that she has more confidence in you than you have in yourself. Is that still the case or is that something that's evolved as well? Oh, that is sometimes the case. You know how we, when you, when you shift into a new part of your life and context changes and stressors change, sometimes right. old stuff creeps back up and you have to handle it in a, in a whole new way. Right. So there are definitely times where that's no longer the case, but occasionally times when it is. I think that that metaphor in that scene that I'm talking about, yes. um, it has a lot to do with like when we're together, um, she wants me to feel like I'm the you know, I'm, I'm not being compared to her. She wants me to feel as special and as great as she believes that I am. Um, and I want her to feel as special and great as I believe she is, you know, but in that context where, um, for example, we're at the Oscars or if we're at the Tonys or, and she's Edina Menzel, um, I am Edina Menzel's sister. Right. Um, and I'm okay with that, but she wants me to feel special when I'm with her, not less special. Yeah, so there's a great deal of empathy, you know, putting yourself in each other's shoes, mm -hmm. feeling each other's uh, joy and, and also maybe disappointments and, and laughter. Mm -hmm. And the other thing we is- literally, uh, We literally fit in each other's shoes, which I'm thrilled about because- Oh, oh really? really well, she size? has some really special shoes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh that's kind of cool. Okay, you can change that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, um, the other thing that's kind of interesting is, the, you know, Frozen grossed over a billion dollars. This is the, maybe the highest grossing animated film at the time. Uh, it's a huge deal. And, of course, she sang the, the, the song of Elsa. Mm -hmm. Apparently, there are a lot of parallels between you guys because uh, Elsa, I guess, is the older sister in the movie. Uh, and then is Anna is the younger sister. And uh, Elsa's got this great talent, but she's afraid of it. I mean, was it uh, water? She freezes people or something like that. And then, she can uh, freeze anything. Yeah. And she can hurt people, I guess. And then... Uh, Eventually, she accepts her, her abilities, and then uh, because of love, her sister shows love to her. Mm -hmm. She reciprocates. Is there anything that I know you wrote those children's books, which we'll talk about, but it seems like there's a lot of parallels here in terms of these the older, younger sister and all this kind of stuff. I think um, there, there, are, there are a lot of parallels, um, and a lot of my writing projects obviously have been with my sister, so we've sort of addressed themes in, in sisterhood. Um, I do more... I write about more than sisterhood. In fact, between us, we have three, bo uh, four boys. Oh, um, so there's a lot of um, boy energy too. But um, I think uh, when I think about Elsa and Anna, and I think about our books in Loud Mouse and Proud Mouse, we're um, we're D, which is what I call her um, for Adina, and Kara Lee, which is Lee is my middle name, so I'm little Kara Lee, and mm -hmm. we're mice, and we do have all these sister dynamics. Um, that play out. And in Loudmouse, um, there's once again this sort of power that D has that D has to harness and figure out how she wants to use it. Um, and similar to other roles that she's played, whether that's Elsa, who has to figure out how to harness this really special power that she has to use for good, um, or Elphaba on Broadway when she's um in Wicked and she's the Wicked Witch who has to figure out how to harness her power. Um, 
there are all these all these parallels in those roles where um, a woman has a power and she has to uh, it makes her vulnerable. Um, so a lot of what we wanted to explore in Loudmouse was, look, when you have something, whether it's a, a talent or whether it's just your, your being, um, if you shine brightly, that's something that you should do. That's something that the world needs you to do. But we also acknowledge that that makes you vulnerable when you put yourself on a stage like that, that people might criticize you or you might do something embarrassing or people, you know, you'll have to figure out how much space to take up in the in the world and how much to yes. leave for other people. These are these are really complicated um, questions and themes, but we present them in a children's book um, because I think understanding that vulnerability comes along with strength is is really important, and it's been really important for us and in our relationship and. Definitely. That's why we explore it. Yeah. Yeah. I, th I like the psychological aspects of these uh, things you're writing, you know, the book and also the children's books. Because even, even those for children, I think adults can pick up some powerful ideas. And uh, we hope, because, you know, those ideas, that's what's so great about children's books is those ideas yes. always come back around, right? Yes. There, kind of there, there's a great them. spiritual author named Vernon Howard. I don't know if you heard about him. He used to write children's books, then he wrote spiritual, metaphysical books. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's not interesting. I mean, it's, it's simple writing, but sometimes it cuts to the core. And it gives people these very deep concepts in an understandable way. Uh, now, going, yeah. back to, going back to sisters, though, you know, the research shows that having a sister can actually make you more loving, uh, less anxious, uh, sense of comfort. So there's a lot of advantages psychologically. And, of course, there is the other side, supposedly, of uh, sibling rivalry. But the, uh, they said that's kind of overstated. Typically, only if one parent favors another one and there's scarce resources does that maybe come up. But in your case, I believe you said that you're proud of her successes. Did you have any envy, jealousy, sibling rivalry with her? Uh, or was she toward you in some ways? Um, you know, I don't want to paint like too pretty a picture because relationships are complicated. Sure. I think there, there, is, um, there is and was envy there because she has this talent that's just immense and, and really striking and emotional. Um, but... I have, we're connected in such a way that our, our experiences are, um, are connected. So for example, when I, well, recently we've been reading this book together and there's a refrain in it where the, the little mouse sings. And so every time my sister sings this refrain, I, I have this moment where it's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> it never gets old. Oh. Her voice is so special and so emotional. I hear her sing this silly thing about, you know, with my tail in my hand and my whiskers out proud. I sing it big. I sing a lot. But her voice is still so moving. I don't know if it's the timber of it or what. It strikes me every time. And I have asked myself the question, like, would it feel more rewarding to be the person who has that talent or to be the sister who gets to witness it and feel the pride? Um, and I've come to an understanding with myself that I wouldn't want to give up being the sister. Um, you can't, there's just, there's no way to describe when she's Alphaba on stage, um, spinning around with her arms spread out and all this stuff is happening. There's no way to describe what it feels like to be her sister. Um, and I wouldn't want to trade that. Right. And then those mouse books, I think I asked you this before, 
why do uh, kids love my, uh, mice? Because when, when you get older, you know, people hate mice or they're scared of them. So what is it? About? <laughs> I think they're cuddly when they're little or something. Or what is it? Yeah, it's so funny. I I just saw an Instagram video where a, a dog comes in from outside, and the mom's like, "What's in your mouth?" And he drops this mouse out of his mouth, and <laughs> everybody's screaming. <laughs> so exactly. for a dog, it's cool, right? It's like a little play toy or something, right? So yes, it's like, <laughs> oh my gosh, you just brought a mouse in my house. Um, you know, if they're in if they're in the cage with the um with all the straw and whatever you call yeah. that stuff, they're, they're adorable. Yes, right. um, when they're wild in your house and you don't know if they're, you know, reproducing, that's a little more <laughs> nerve wracking. Um, but in children's literature, they're everywhere. Right. Yeah. The three blind mice, was that the one or something? Like three that? blind mice. But there's, there's so, um, there's, um, uh, let me think there's Stuart Little. Right. Oh, yeah, I remember. There's that. um, there's Templeton, who's a rat in um, Charlotte's Web. There's Kevin Henke's books, right. and he has right. like Chrysanthemum and all these adorable mice characters. Right. Despero yes. is a mouse. Um, yeah, I guess they can be cute in a you know certain kind of way, right? Uh, yeah. So we we love them. I think in in our instance, we chose to go with mice um, because we look so cute as mice. No, that's not why, but we do. <sighs> <laughs> but it also has to do with the size. Mice, there's expectations that we have of mice who are small and who are quiet. Right. Exactly. Um, and we love the idea that if in the story this being is going to grow bigger as she feels bigger yes. emotionally right. um, and that she has this loud voice, it just works well that she is actually a mouse, someone who's supposed yeah. to quiet and supposed to be small. Yes, that makes sense. So so the, the loud mouse, now one of the things I think we were talking earlier is that not everyone has to have a thing. And you talk about little kids and say, what do you want to do when you grow up? And you think that may be a little too much pressure or it may be difficult in that sense. Uh, what do you think that is? Yeah, I'm so glad you bring that up because um, that's something that I gave a lot more thought to what, as we were working on Proud Mouse, the second book that's coming out that focuses more on Kara Lee, the little yes. sister, um, who is very proud of her big sister, but it turns out the pride goes both ways, right? Um, so ask me that question one more time because I, I want to, I really want to address okay. it. Okay. The idea that not everyone has to have a thing. Uh, uh, little kids are asked that when they, you know, what do you want to do when you grow up? Did that put yeah. pressure on them? I mean, you think that may not be the exact thing to say. Yeah. So for me, when people talk about, did I envy my sister? One of the things I envied was just that she had a thing. Hmm. Like it was so clear what she was specific, going to do. Since an early age. Too. Yeah. You know, um, and when I was young, everybody was trying to figure out what's my thing. Do you sing? Do you sing? You know? Right. Right. And so what I thought I was lacking was this clarity about who I was supposed to become. Meanwhile, I was five. Um <laughs> I feel like I feel like we put a lot of pressure on children to figure that out. I now have an empty nest, so I have boys who are in college or graduated from college. So they have to think about what what's their major going to be, sure. you know, and how is that going to translate when they graduate? And the right. focus is always on this outcome hmm. that we know is is um what's the word transmutable we we know it's it changes especially right. in this day and age where uh, people can graduate from college and the things they need to do out in the real world weren't even didn't even exist you know 4 years prior when they went to college so right. exactly it seems like things I, are starting earlier even like 
elementary school kids are thinking about the college or the uh, the, uh, the SATs, you know, SAT scores or yes. something. Yeah, and they're getting it's trained. So, uh, so it's getting so a little much. pressurized. It's, it's what, so much pressure. So in the thing that I wanted to say about that is I think the the impression that I want to leave on children is that curiosity mm-hmm. is the most important thing to cultivate right. ah. and that you can pursue many things. Um and you should, because you could be 48 and all of a sudden realize that you're going to be a children's book author and, you know, in addition go. to a teacher, okay. in addition to- That's not a, you, right? You're not 48. You look a lot- I am 48. Oh, you, are, you look great. Are you serious? Thank okay. you. I have, a, I have a filter on my Zoom. <laughs> oh, oh, well, okay. <laughs> oh, by the way, you know the phrase, uh, curiosity killed the cat, but yes. satisfaction brought it back. You remember uh, that? Part? That's, that's part two of it. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Now, but the, also, I think the idea, and you, I think you said this before, is that, you know, talents are a scale, a gradation. Now, you can sing, maybe not like your sister, but you have your own voice. And you, you're a teacher, writer, you know, you have a, a different talents. And mm-hmm. there's like multiple intelligences we know in psychology. Uh, in Spanish, we call it uh, don. The, the word comes from don divino, gift from God. Mm-hmm. Some people are good at writing. Some people are, are good uh, caretakers. You know, some people are good with their hands. So people have different talents and different levels of it. So I think that what you're saying is to kind of find your own inner nature, you know, your own talent mm-hmm. and then develop it, right? And express it for the good of, of humanity. Yeah, I think there is a, and there is a choice at some point that you make about where you, where you put your time and energy, right? So for me, <clears throat> I was so terrified of, of trying to write a full book. Um, and my husband just used to say to me, would you stop wondering if you have the talent to do it and just put in the time? You know, if you would just put in the time, Yes. You're fine. Um, and so that was so helpful to me because that whole, you know, 10,000 hours of practice at something. Oh, yes. <laughs> you'll get. Mm-hmm. So I just made sure I showed up every day to do what I love to do. Um, and and I had the outcome I wanted. And I actually the, the best thing about voice lessons, that book, is that when I look at it, even today, I absolutely love it. Um, so that's a huge accomplishment for me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's a great book. I really enjoyed it. And uh, very insightful. And I think you said that you're waiting for her invitation uh, to the um, Oscars. And uh, at some point she said, yeah, you said, F yes, uh, let's do it. You're, you weren't sure if, <laughs> were you not sure she would invite you? Because uh, I guess as her uh, date or something, you call it? Or, or I don't remember. You know what? I don't remember that. I do know, <laughs> I do know that um, there was a lot going on at that point in her, in her life right. with her, um, with her long-term partner and husband. So I think uh-huh. part, of, part of it was, was mm-hmm. related to that. Right. You told me they broke, did they divorce or something? They divorced, oh, yeah. So it didn't work out. But, yeah. um, but she's happily remarried now or no? She's happily remarried now um, to a therapist, actually. Oh, perfect. Okay. Yes. And, um, uh, and my nephew has two great father figures. Uh-huh. And um, it's, it's great. Yeah. Excellent. Now, in terms of loudmouth. I was looking at it, and it says um, Dee found her her loud voice because mm-hmm. uh, kids uh, brought like some kid brought um, a marker or a drum, and she brought a song. And she started <laughs> singing the song, and then apparently she started getting bigger physically, like actually bigger. Right. She started knocking kids around. I guess the little kindergartners were knocked down by her big uh, body, and uh-huh. then she said, "I have to stop singing because I'm too big, I'm too loud." And then right. you, I think, or the Kara character says, uh, "You've always been big and loud. Uh, do you think that a star can choose not to shine?" Right. And that somehow triggered something. And then she said, I sang with full heart and whiskers out proud. So yeah. it seems like you, the, the, the little sister, saved her in some ways in the book. 
Yeah, it was. So, and that's twofold. There's one, she always says that, um, that I was sort of the wiser of the two, um, even though I was the younger sister. And we joke about real life or in the book? Both. So that's why it's in the book that way. Um, but it was also important in the book that the the young people figure, you know, come up with the resolutions and the solutions and the wisdom. And it's not always the teachers or the moms and dads. So that's why it was twofold. We wanted to make sure that the kids kind of came to understanding on their own. And we also yes. wanted to make sure that we represented this dynamic between us, which is um, somehow I managed to get, you know, married before her and have kids before her and um, also get divorced before her. I like to joke. Oh, okay. <laughs> but um, so she, you know, she puts me on a pedestal somehow. Okay. What does she admire about you? That you are a family woman, or you teach? What is it? What she thinks about you? Um, she thinks I'm smart and wise, um, which is lovely. Hmm. So um, I love that she thinks I'm a good mom. I, um, you know, for me, that's what I always wanted to be. I always right. wanted be a mom and I thought that wasn't okay because everybody was like you got to be like a you know big strong independent woman and um it was the 80s and 90s and I was like I really just want to like have babies and be a mom and right. make lunches sure. um so I always sort of tended more towards the the domestic um and the well, this is a talent by itself like I said it's a gift you know the caretaker that's a very mm -hmm. strong gift but it may not be as valued in some ways by some in society mm -hmm. but it is definitely very powerful it is. And now I get to be like, uh, I, I was, um, and it's very much a teacher gift too, right? To be the oh, yes. caretaker and the nurturer. Right. Right. Um, and so it's fun because I get to be that for my nephew now that I'm living in LA. He's 13 and he calls me to help him with his um, pre-algebra homework. Mm -hmm. And I end up, I, you talk about satisfaction, uh, curiosity, but uh, oh. also satisfaction. Yes. I I get so much satisfaction from getting the algebra questions right. It's almost oh. inappropriate because I should be happy that my nephew's getting them right, but I'm more oh. like, yeah, I remembered, you know, right. oh. I remembered how to do it. Uh, so you're a, you're a strong empath, they call you. The empath kind of really can feel very strongly the person's um, joy or success. Yes. You and identify with, with other people. To what, to the extent that I have to, um, that I really have to work on boundaries um, and the language that I use to, to establish boundaries. Um, because like that was the most difficult part of being a classroom teacher, for example, 30 kids in one classroom. And if you really are sensitive to what they all need and what they're all sure. feeling, right. and you could just imagine every time I had to pick on a kid to, to uh, who had his hand raised, right. I was sensitive to all the other kids that were like, I wanted her to hear what I had to say, you know, like, Yes, right. It's, um, it's it's an emotional. It's a lot to carry emotionally. Yeah, the feelers, uh, personality. You know, they have that deep uh, sensitivity, and sometimes mm -hmm. they can feel hurt, or they feel, you know, if there's conflict, it's really difficult for them mm -hmm. because they're not used to that. You know, harmony is important, mm -hmm. so that's an interesting uh, style. Now, the second book, apparently, uh, this is about you. I think could it be like, a proud mouse. Right. The proud mouse. So we really wanted to, not everybody can relate to the loud mouse. Um, so we wanted to make sure that the other side of the scenario was depicted too, which is um, this is little mouse who just looks after her big sister. Um, and she goes to school for the first time. Well, she also has this larger than life sister who's hmm. 
physically actually gets larger than life sometimes when she sings. So she goes to school for the first time, so excited to be the student because um, she's been a student of the world already. She's got her journal and her magnifying glass and she right. just loves everything and is curious. Um, but when she gets there, all the teachers start asking her if she's like her sister and she feels compared to her sister for the first time. And she feels that sense of a, a shadow mm-hmm. um, for the first time from her sister and she gets really confused. Um, And it's suggested to her that sometimes it's easier to get a sense of who you are when you stand alone instead of next to somebody. And so maybe she needs to, uh, so she says, she gets that idea and she, and she goes to run out of the house and her everyone says, where are you going? And she, you know, puts her ponytail in and tugs it nice and tight. So I'm going to stand alone. I can see myself more clearly. And she, you know, She goes out into nature, which is a huge um, strength for me, spending time in nature. And she gets a better sense of who she is outside of her sister. And that's... um, Wow. Stepping out into the nature. I guess the naturalness of who you are, your authenticity, you could say. Yeah. Yeah. There's just so many beautiful metaphors out in nature that sort of reaffirm, that are life-affirming and um, diversity-affirming. Um, for example, the one that's really big in Proud Mouse is the um, is the aspen grove. Um, for me, I love not only do I love the aspens in Falk, being from Colorado or having spent so much time in Colorado, but I know that they they look like they're individual trees above the ground, but underneath, their all their roots are connected, so they're actually one organism. Mm. So I love the metaphor of look, we do all stand alone. There's individuality that's important. But there's also this very much united support system that we all rely on, too. So, you know, that's not something I expect the four-year-olds reading the book to walk away with. But I think it's important imagery to put out yeah, there. It's a very powerful concept. Yeah, for adults, you know, the unity of, of uh, the consciousness and, and humanity, you would say. Yeah. Beautiful. The other thing, the theme I, I'm seeing here is uh, you said you're proud to be a student. Mm-hmm. You also mentioned curiosity. Yeah. So as opposed to, you know, having a fixed definition of what you have to do or be, that's a, that's a very beautiful thing to encourage, I think, in children and, and, and people in general, is that sense of curiosity. Yeah, and, and just, and to embrace, like, changeability, like that, that yes. you know, yes, it's, it's important to set goals and to have objectives and to become right. disciplined about something, but it's also important to, like, embrace change when the path turns, you know, Um so that, yeah, that is a message that it was important to. That's nice. We were talking, uh, I think, off camera a little bit about uh, personality types. You know, I wrote a book, Love Types, on Myers-Briggs and relationships and all that. Right. And then I think we were trying to determine your type. And if I recall, I believe you said your internal energy, if I remember correctly. You get energy from your own thoughts more. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, some actually performers, and I'm a speaker myself, but I'm internal. So I can do it, but then I get tired. I need to recharge and take a hot tub and recharge your batteries. Are you like that? terms of energy i am like that it took me a long time to figure that out because i can i'm not shy and i do thrive when i'm in front of people um but i also um i also tend toward depression and anxiety and things like that and the i need to kind of um i need my own little cave my own nap my own you know um to to recoup Mm -hmm. So the Academy Awards, uh, what year was that? 2014, was it? 15, maybe. 14, 15. 14, 15. I don't know. You're, you, I'm, 
Don't well, from the book, I think it said 14, but so you're at the red carpet. I mean, were you overwhelmed by all that? Were you cool with oh all Oh my gosh. Going on? Yes. Well, it was mixed feelings because on the one hand, you know, you often, you watch this from the TV at home and you're right. like, I wonder what I would look like if I had <laughs> six hours of people doing my hair and makeup. Right. And you I got jewels and gowns and all that stuff. Dress on, yes. Um, and, you know, millions of dollars worth of diamonds. and Wow. Oh my gosh. So I loved it, but also, you know, like I had to rehearse standing in my shoes because oh. the heels were so high and I'd been in Birkenstocks from Colorado for God oh. knows how long. Mm. Um, so I remember like putting on the shoes the day before and practicing in the room. And actually I had to switch to a different pair of shoes because the oh. original pair that I had, I needed a wall next to me oh, to, okay. to, make, to stay near because I kept losing my balance and falling. So. Yeah. And then my son, I remember getting a text while I was on the red carpet from my son who said he spotted me in the background on the red carpet from home. And I had just like picked a wedgie on TV and he couldn't believe that I did that. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm Every little thing comes out, I guess. I'm self-conscious enough. And, <laughs> and I didn't pick a wedgie. My heel, my dress was stuck under my heel. Oh, OK. I see. But. Okay. Yes, I loved it. And I also was like, oh my gosh, this is a lot. Exactly. Is a yeah, lot. some people do that. Okay, so I'm going to put you as internal energy. Now, I think we talked about imaginative versus practical. You know, the, the creative imaginative person versus the concrete sensory person. Mm -hmm. Which would you say you're more of in that sense? I think I'm more imaginative. Okay. You're creative, like um, in your intuition kind of stuff and mindset? Yep. Yep. Um, I don't know if this is the same thing, but definitely more heart than head. Okay, well, that's another dimension. That's feeler versus thinker. Yeah. Well, that, okay. that I know you are for sure. You're definitely a feeler. <laughs> uh, but the, you also seem somewhat censored. You like beautiful colors and, and mm -hmm. smells and sounds and all that. Are you into the aesthetics of, of things? Yeah. I, and that's part of what why nature is so um, resourcing for me is, mm. is is the beauty. That's it's kind of a, there's a spiritual piece to that. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then uh, the other one is like, are you structured or spontaneous? So let's say you're invited tomorrow. Let's go to Hawaii, but you got something else going on tomorrow. What would you do? Um, you this, is the, you this is a tricky one for me. I don't, you'd have to interpret this, but okay. I'm definitely spontaneous. So if you ask me about something tomorrow, I'm good. Mm -hmm. But if you want me to plan ahead and commit uh, to something, right? Um, I get anxiety about that because I don't want to commit and then right. not be able to stick right. but to Would you it. take off spur of the moment? Like tomorrow, even if you have something kind of planned, but you like this, you would do that? I would. I'd be, okay. I'd be thrilled to do that. Okay. So you're a little bit messy, disorganized, and late, would you say? Ah! Yes. <laughs> that was a leap. I didn't know that was coming. Yeah. Um, messy, disorganized, I would say 70-30. I'd say I'm 70% that way. But okay. like yesterday, it was a half an hour early to, okay. um, yes. yeah. All right. So, I mean, that's part of the being spontaneous. Like, you know, we, I'm, the, I'm the same way. So we like to be a little messy, but we know kind of where things are. Mm -hmm. And we like to have different things going on, you know, so we might be a little bit late. But <laughs> it's like enjoying life, you know, kind of thing. So it's <laughs> Yeah, a little bit of wing. And it also just stuffing tons of stuff in there. So you end up late because you just think you have time to do one more thing. Exactly. Yeah. So you could be, a, a think, Carol, two possibilities. We, we may have talked about it. So the idealistic philosopher is... Um, INFP, which is introvert, intuitive, feeling, perceiving. Mm -hmm. And I think we mentioned that before. And the other one is if you're more sensory oriented, more um, kind of into aesthetics, you could be the ISFP, which is the gentle artist. Mm -hmm. they, they love animals, nature, and children, um, arts, perhaps. 
they're very devoted and loving, and um, they will do anything for love. They might move cross country for for, um, for the love partner. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can be a little idealistic and maybe naive at times, and fall into the wrong relationships. But they're very devoted. Um, so, anyways, which of, does any of those two sound like you? The first one is more spiritual, psychological type. The what was the? It was something philosopher. Idealistic philosopher. Idealistic, idealistic philosopher. Uh, Gandhi, Mother Teresa type. Uh, they have a mission in life, a purpose, uh, very spiritual. And um, the other one is more aesthetics, sensual, um, in terms of the beautiful things in life. I, I'd i love to say that I'm more like Gandhi and Mother Teresa, but I think, I think, I'm, I think I'm more the general artist because... Okay. Um, I don't know. Those are those are close, though. They both very close. You're you borderline, perhaps, on that one dimension. The magic. They, they both honor parts of of me. I think for sure. But if I had to choose, I'd go with the ISFP. Okay, which is a gentle artist personality. You know, like nature loving, kind of mm-hmm. uh, very uh, gentle, devoted kind of person. Uh, very mm-hmm. sp- actually, you're only about two percent of the population, by the way. You're pretty really? rare. Well, that yeah. explains a lot. Well, that uniqueness. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I'm curious, out of your sister, do you think, does she similar to you in these dimensions or, or different? We, we definitely, if we were a Venn diagram, there's definitely a lot of overlap. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, I think that she's, she definitely loves performing and gets a ton out of that, but she also resources. Internally? Internally. Uh, okay. Yeah. Is she um, a feeler or a thinker, uh, do you think? I think she's a feeler. Okay. She's emotional. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is the, um, I guess probably she might be sens- sensory oriented, like kind of like beautiful things, aesthetics and that kind of thing. Or is she like really uh, creative, like in her, in her head all the time. In her, yeah, like. that, that's a tricky dimension for her. If that was a gradient, I mean, I feel like it'd be somewhere in the middle between those two. Yeah, kind of like you, baby. Mm-hmm. And spontaneous or structured? Because you say you're spontaneous. A little Spont- bit. Uh, she's spontaneous too. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'd love to have her on the show. Maybe both of you guys can come on. We can do a little love types analysis for you guys. That would be fun. And then figure out, because sometimes, you know, genetically you're similar, but there could be a few other factors that make it different. Yeah. Environmentally. Yeah. But uh, yeah, because your, your personality definitely is, is very unique, uh, very special. Maybe you can put that in another book, you know, the personality uh, styles of the people. Of, I I would love that. That's a great yeah. idea. I appreciate, I'm just gonna say if we could just keep this going, and you could give me more compliments. I'm happy to sit. Oh, is here. that okay? Oh, okay, no problem. <laughs> well, I think. Say, uh, the, you know, yes. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say that. I mean, I'm similar to your type, but sometimes we don't appreciate ourselves until later in life. You know, these kind of unique types. Because it's so non-traditional. It's not really the typical personality in society. What's the typical personality? Uh, we call it security seekers, you know, like uh, traditionalist types, administrators, stuff like that, uh, that are, you know, organized, structured, practical. Uh, some are logical and some are emotional. But that's a whole I different see. style, yeah. You know, they keep the same. Um, yeah. That's where if I get jealous, that's that's the stuff um, That's the stuff I, I get jealous of, like people who are just really disciplined and organized. Yeah, they got to go in, like, schedules and this and that, you know. Everything I going. had to, as a classroom teacher, I did develop that. Because you kind of have to, you know, have your systems right. and your consistency. Um, but that was that was work. Right. Yeah. For uh, the, the for spontaneous people, it's kind of counter uh, natured in some ways to the business world or the structure world. Mm-hmm. But often they're a good art, art artistry. You know, they're artists, writers. You know, stuff like that. Well, and I remember. Can... I remember as a classroom teacher that. Sometimes people thought I didn't have control over my classroom because they would walk by my classroom mm-hmm. and it 
looked like everybody was having a great old time. Yeah, exactly. Funny. And that's because we were having a great old time because yes. there were moments where I had to decide, do I want to derail the lesson because something funny could happen here? And I just think that laughter is more valuable than the lesson. And I often would make that choice. You know, it's harder to manage a classroom when you're willing to do things like that, because then you have to rein everybody back in more right, often. Yeah. Um, but for me, it was always worth it. So yes. I think sometimes the perception was, oh, you know, she needs more structure. But for me, it was a deliberate decision to embrace playfulness, you know, like and, yeah. and again, the, the curiosity piece. Because yeah, uh, it's not because uh, laughter is a lesson, perhaps, you know, laughter yeah. is really what you want to teach them. Like you said, playfulness and spontaneity. Yes. Uh, so, even even as adults, yeah, you can do that as for adults, too. Adults need that more these days, I think, as well. It's, it's so important. I mean, I just think about how um, addicted my husband and I are to, like, Instagram watching these puppies and these babies, <laughs> you know? Like, oh, yeah. we just, the, oh, yeah. the, the goats, the goats. Oh, my gosh. Just oh. laughter is so infectious. Have you seen Tucker, the Golden Retriever series? Tucker? I have. Is that pretty cool? <laughs> I have a little golden too, so that's good. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're so lucky. Um, yeah. It's so satisfying. It's very me. funny. The, the lady behind the scenes is funny. Yeah, yes. Well, that's And that's a big part of it, I guess. I did want to say that I, I've been working on a blog that I do now called The Empty Next. Oh yeah, I think, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. Um, and um, what's important to me about it is that, you know, I am a sister, so there are times where I'm exploring that theme, but it it, it looks at so many things. Um, you know, I'm someone who just raised three boys um, and is looking at sort of what's next. You know, I had my I was pregnant with my first child when I was 23, so um, I definitely come from this maternal perspective. But I'm looking at the rest of the rest of my life and. Um, and I'm, you know, doing couples therapy and I've taken, I started taking ukulele lessons there you go. Okay. and I still hike every day and my right. dogs are aging and I'm aging. And <laughs> so there's just so much good stuff to write about. Um, and that's where I'm doing it. That's where I'm doing my most yeah. current. That kind of brings me to the, almost the theme of the song, let it go. Mm -hmm. And I was reading that and it's got some cool lyrics. It says, um, uh, conceal, don't feel, don't let them know. But then it says, let it go, let it go. Can't hold back anymore. It's time to see what I can do to test the limits and break through. No right, no wrong, no rules for me. I'm free. Mm -hmm. I thought maybe that's what you're talking about. The empty next, it could be a lot of other people that need that, that message. Yeah, yeah. No right, no wrong, no rules for me. I'm free. I, that's... What, are you, what are you letting go, you think, in this stage of life? Oof. Well, I think I'm just creating some space for me. You know, this whole ISFP thing that we were talking about, nurturer, caretaker, right. um, I am all those things. But I also want a little bit, am I allowed to say, I, I want to be a little bit of a badass too? Like I haven't, okay. <laughs> I haven't had a chance to just sort of like, grr, like be this, this bigger, louder, you okay. know, person. I just got my show, uh, have you heard of Cobra Kai, the TV series? Yes, yes. This guy, um, uh, Mike Barnes, I don't know if you know, he's one of the characters. He's got a whole series on badass, but you know, psychologically okay. in a good way. <laughs> my my nephew loves Cobra Kai. I watched the yeah. first two seasons. I, I think we're at like much yeah. more than that now. But kind of like um, Marsh. I mean, like expressing your um, inner power, right? I guess you could call it. Yeah, and for me, this this dynamic when when I 
there's so much comfort and familiarity in being this kind, soft person yes. that you feel like you can also have another, this other element to who you are without yes. giving that up. Right. Um, especially as a woman, to feel mm -hmm. like you can be both a badass and this right. kind. Maybe you got to take some karate from the Cobra Kai people or something. Maybe I, I should do that. And so, <laughs> in addition to my ukulele, I'll take up. Yeah, soft, but you know, strong. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like it's, that. it's true. Those are, that's an important um, metaphor, too. Yeah, because yeah, Carl Jung, the psychiatrist, you may have heard of him, you know, the archetypes and all that, and also the, the, left, uh, the personality types. You talked about uh, individuation. As you get older, you start to blend the different parts of you and into a whole, which is very nice. You know, if you're introverted early, maybe you might become an extrovert as you get older or vice versa. So you, find kind, of a, yeah, you find a very kind of holistic nature and you hit your, your middle years. So ah, I appreciate you saying that. That's really helpful. Definitely. Um, I think that's very true. Yes. Yeah, because you say ukulele and also dogs and other things you're working on, right? And, you know, self-care and things like that. Yes, yes. I still, you know, it turns out that even when your kids leave the nest, they still um, need a lot. <laughs> they're just harder to manage because they're farther away and you can't. Yes. <laughs> um, but, but yes, there's there's just more space for, you know, what's what's next? Exactly. What, what could I be? What, what am I that I haven't explored yet? Yeah, it's very exciting. Well, Carol, I'd love to have you back on again. This has been wonderful to see you again. And, so uh, nice to be here. I really appreciate it. And it's so much, um, it's nice to not be so hot. Yeah, it was hot the other day, I think. It was very relaxed. <laughs> now, now, where can people hear more about you? Do you have a website or anything else or, or products? Yes, or? I have. I mean, the, the home base is my is my name, which, by the way, my last name has a T in it. My sister's last name does not. Oh, okay. So I'm caramensel.com, hmm. and it's M-E-N-T-Z-E-L. Yes. Believe it or not, ironically, my sister took the T out to help people pronounce her name properly. Oh, okay. And then she became infamous for somebody John mispronouncing John, her name. Anyway. John Travolta mispronounced it on the county yes. course. <laughs> yes. But she so got him back the next year, I think, by yes. mispronouncing his name. Yes. <laughs> so I, I chose to leave the T in my name, but now okay. it looks like a typo on our children's books when the names are next to each other. Okay. So. so Cara, M-E-N-T-Z-E-L.com? Yes. And I've got an Instagram and uh, all those things. But the, the mm. Empty Next is on Substack. Um, okay. And uh, and it's free to subscribe. Um, and is I coming out or is it, is it out yet? Okay. It's out. It's out. Yep. There's okay. a bunch of stuff you can do. So the most recent one that I put out was from my archive. And it's, um, he got a vasectomy. I got a dog. And um, <laughs> okay. I got this dog. Oh, wait a minute. Who's this creature there? Okay. You got a so little. This is a, yeah. It goes back to like when you think, oh my gosh, I could have a fourth grader right now. But I don't. Instead, I chose to have this dog. Okay. Well, it's love without expectations. That's the powerfulness of dogs. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes, it is. Except exactly. she has some expectations. She's well, <laughs> yeah, uh, cuddlies. <laughs> and then uh, your book is coming out. Is it September? The um, the new one. Yeah. So Proud Mouse is the second children's book, and it's um it's available for pre sale now, which apparently is very important because it helps us make the bestseller list. Sure. Um, so if you're willing to buy it in advance and have it delivered opening oh. week, the opening week is September twelfth. Right. Um. And uh, and it's so good. It's about like sibling differentiation, and mm -hmm. the refrain in that one is "I'm just gonna be me. Who else would I be?" Um, Very popular. So there's more singing in it too. And that's excellent. So for adults and for kids, these are great books. I recommend them. 
And, and Kara, it's always been a pleasure to see you. And I want to have you on again when the book comes out, if you like. Thank you so much. I will be in touch and let you know. Yeah. So, uh, be, be authentic, be yourself, be loving, and be curious. I think those are the lessons for today. Yeah. Uh, this is Dr. Alex Avi of Love University. We've enjoyed it today with Kara. Until next time, put away your notebooks, your iPads, your phones. Class is now dismissed. So that was a great interview live at the Los Angeles Book Festival at USC. We had an amazing time, and this is a great opportunity to interview these wonderful authors and people that have a message that's going to help others. So love you, university students. If you want to be on the show in the future, or if you have a show idea and want to comment on today's show, you can reach us at 310-226-8090. You can write to us at loveuniversitylove at gmail.com. You can visit us at loveuniversitylove. You can also download the podcast on Podbean, Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can like us and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Love University Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Love Letter U Podcast. And you can also go to our YouTube channel, Love University. So until next time, this is Dr. Alex Avila. It's time to put away your notebooks, your iPads, your phones. And class is now dismissed. Love yourself, others, and a higher nature. Until next time.